Hello and welcome to Artbox. I'm your host, Jason. In this episode, I talk to a neocon, Yudufia. A neocon is an artist whose murals are all around Washington, D.C. I had a chance to talk to him on a rainy fall day. We talked about his subject matter, his painting process, and how art affects a community. Oh, and his private jet. You'll see what I mean towards the end of the interview. So with that, sit back, relax, and enjoy the interview. Hello. Hey, Jason. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good, man. How are you feeling? I'm good. I'm good. It was just uh, being team. You know, yeah. Oh, yeah. So what a what a nice, lovely day. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Absolutely. I agree. Well, at least it's a good day. We could probably talk about some art, you know. Oh, yeah, for sure. All right. Let me get a sip of water real quick. Yeah, are you working right now, or are you just taking a, a day off? Yeah, I'm working. I, you know, day off is like a <laughs> understatement. It's just a concept, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, it's just an what idea. We don't anticipate. You know, like every the idea of working for yourself is like grandiose uh, idea that people don't know. Like it's more complicated than <laughs> what we think it is. Yes, it is. It is very. Especially being an artist, you get kind of focused, and the next thing you know, time passes. It's like, it was grandma's birthday. Where were you? Oh, uh, I was working. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's funny, because it's like your birthday. Where were you? Like, it was my birthday? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was. Oh, well, I guess we're going to Red Lobster. <laughs> like, you, know, you, know, you know, no wonder people were blowing up my phone. Oh, no wonder. Oh, okay. Yeah, I guess it was. You know, <laughs> that's funny. All right. So you ready for this? You ready to do it? Yep. Oh, yep, one thing yep. I wanted to comment on before we start is that you even have a Wikipedia page. I don't even have that. <laughs> you know, now I can see why you wanted a helicopter to uh, a dry dock boat. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Now yeah. you understand. Now I understand. It's like once you get that Wikipedia page, you're for real. You can start asking for that helicopter on a boat. (laughs) I I just wanted a yacht, a big yacht. (laughs) I just wanted a big yacht. Sitting there on the site. Just sitting there. You don't have to get on it. Nothing. Just Just in case. Just says Aniakan is here. (laughs) (laughs) Word to that. So thank you again for doing this. I appreciate it. And taking time from, from your work uh, to talk about your work. So let's go ahead and jump right in. I, if For people who don't know who you are, which it would be kind of hard not to, in my opinion, but for the people who don't know who you are, if you could give them, tell them a little bit about yourself and your kind of origin story about how you got into art. So my name is Ania Khan Udofia, and I was born here in Washington, D.C., but I grew up in Nigeria because my parents are Nigerian. So growing up here with me and two other siblings, I have an um, older sister and a younger brother that also grew up here with me. So when my parents finished their education, they decided to move back to Nigeria. And this is around in 82. While we were here, my parents made the mistake, and I definitely think it was a mistake of 
introducing us to coloring books and comic <laughs> books, you know, to distract us or I guess keep us busy, not necessarily distract us. So, you know, just keep us busy because they were constantly working and going to school. So it was a good creative way of keeping us preoccupied. Like years later, <laughs> this same preoccupation has become a career. So we moved back to Nigeria. And at that point, I, my parents wanted to kind of move us in a different direction. But unfortunately, as you know, anybody who is an artist, you know how obsessive or addictive drawing can be. Oh, yes. You know, so it was very hard for me to snap out of it, uh, so to speak. So my parents tried different ways, like they put me in different schools and it didn't work. It sort of seemed like a descent. Eventually, um, I started writing my aunt who was here to help with getting me back over here because I was already a citizen. So that, you know, that made half the battle easy. So the only thing was for me to get down here. So while I was there in the 90s, there was the hip hop explosion and, you know, youth culture, youth always find things to belong to or be a part of, you know, just in that era of trying to find your voice or trying to find your identity, right. you know, which is still going on till now. So for me, it was hip hop. Once I saw that some of the hip hop albums and some of the hip hop publications used illustrators i was like okay this is what i want to do i want to be a hip-hop illustrator <laughs> so and that's what i'm going to do in america so when i finally returned here in 99 i started pursuing that from that perspective and as any artist journey you know you kind of go through these phases of your different whether genres or yeah. different likes you know like different phases so i had my hip-hop phase you know later on i started getting into doing shows in galleries so I started with group shows to solo shows and then from there it started graduating to murals from me doing larger canvas pieces people started requesting murals and i was like oh i guess i'm painting large anyway so i guess it's like the same thing difference is i'm instead of a canvas is on the wall. And that's how we ended up here now where I am. Right um, here, right now. Murals. Yeah, so would you say that uh, nowadays you're exclusively doing murals or are you still doing large pieces of work on canvas? Or about I'm doing, I'm still, I'm doing everything across the board. Each, each level was just, I wanna say a combination of curiosity and interest. So okay. it's like, oh, you know, this is something curious about but then you get in it and you're like, oh, I actually like the process. So it becomes interesting how many things can fit in. Like a lot of my personal work is done in series. So kind of like a way for me to document where I've been and where I'm going. So for instance, the story of me growing up in Nigeria and experiencing hip hop there is uh, there's a series called the village b-boy and then there's another one about because I, I love wordplay in um hip-hop you know hip-hop lyrics and things like that like sometimes like the wordplay or the metaphors and all those things you know they were quite interesting because when you talk to a lot of hip-hop heads and especially the ones who share the same kind of interest you know we'll 
pull up, like, oh, remember this song or blah, 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 what this person said in this song, you know, yeah. and so on. And it'll, you know, wordplay is like, was a part of it. So I created a series called It Was Written. And so basically what I do is I take some of my favorite hip hop lines and I guess create a visual of what the verbal line was in my own translation. So there's that. So you have the village b-boy and it was written. Now reloaded and return of the Shaolin pencil. Those yeah. are more about personally where I'm headed. Oh. You know, like in my personal life, like the philosophies and just observing human psychology and stuff like that. The reloaded was sparked out of, you know, going through a serious artist block. And which a lot of artists go through sometimes, oh, yeah. you know, they go by different names, burnout, artist block. My experience after going through that and coming back out on the other end was what sparked Reloaded. Hmm. And Reloaded is like an inspiration to everybody, not just artists, you know. Return of the Shaolin Pencils later on. I read a book by Joseph Campbell, The Hero with a Thousand Faces. Yes, a very famous book. Oh, yes. Yeah, and I started learning about the hero's journey, mythology, and things like that. So that's where Return of the Shaolin Pencil came about. Ah. So with each of these murals, or some of them look like the murals, it's kind of giving a slice of a story of this hero's journey. Well, with that being said, uh, the mural that you just finished for Powwow DC with uh, the young woman with nunchucks, or I mean, excuse me, pencil nunchucks, would that be part of this series, Return to the Shaolin Pencil, or was this part yeah, of Yeah, okay. that's definitely Return of the Shaolin Pencil. It's, and, and it fits because of the time we're in, you know, because um, art has a way of describing or kind of narrating through the times. You know, when you look at different, it's sort of like Pablo Picasso's, uh, I think the piece is called Guenaga, with the chopped up horses and people, oh, right. you know, and he's just describing the remnants of war. And that's why when the soldiers, there's a story about when the soldiers raided his studio and they saw that uh, postcard of that piece on his desk and they go, oh, so you did this. He goes, no, you did. <laughs> yeah, no, you were the one. That, I'm just reacting. Yeah, exactly. So that's one of my favorite artist stories. So, and it kind of, I'm not saying like the recent piece for Bow Wow DC is exactly that, but it's just kind of, you know, again, the message there is that we are resilient no matter what happens. Yes. We, and we have the weapons to rewrite history or to reframe. We have the ability to be creative. That's our superpower. You know, the skill set we have that we developed ourselves and we carry it with us. So that image, I created that to inspire that fire in, in people when you see it, you know. Yeah, I think I just got chills down my back when you just said that. <laughs> but <laughs> but I, I see that completely because my, my first you know, interpretation when I saw that piece is it is a very powerful thing. I mean, not Thank only is not only is it powerful because of size, but powerful because of message. Because my my quick interpretation of it was, you know, is just knowledge yourself and use knowledge and education to defend yourself and to protect. And that's that was my first impression. That is also true about the piece, and that's the thing. Like, as long as it ignites or activates those feelings you already had in you. 
you know, then that means the piece is working because it could also just be a cool piece, you know, oh, that's dope. But it also plays into other parts of the psyche, you know, like whether someone can look at it from that point of view that you just mentioned and another person might see it differently, you know. Another person might see it like a resistance piece. Oh, you know, this is this person is like, I'm not taking it anymore. <laughs> Time to break out the nunchucks and nunchuck to knowledge. Here we go. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> you know, but the thing is, because they're pencils, the the violent part of it is not pronounced. So you're not thinking violence when you look at it. You're thinking more like education, enlightenment, and so on. And I would add it in creativity too, because you can use a pencil. Absolutely. And because I know that's one of my favorite mediums is to work with pencil personally, because mm-hmm. I can draw and doodle all day. Because that's, you know, like you said earlier, that's my addiction. You know, it's like I got to get my fix. So after, a little bit later after this interview, I probably will sit down and just do just that. Right. <laughs> you know? Such a great, you know, so therapeutic, you know, just to sit there and doodle and brainstorm. The really fun part for me is that, you know, you can look back at those doodles and kind of pull some ideas from, you know, out of them. Yeah. And not only that, it sometimes is like a diary. Like, oh, I remember when right. I drew that. I was sick as a dog that day or something like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, exactly. And there's some sketches that I can look at and go, oh, I remember this time or yeah. what was going on around, you know, it was a rainy day or something like that. And right. I can remember those things just looking at the sketches. No, you're right. And like you said earlier, sometimes I get good ideas like my little bean sticker. You know, that that was that came from doodling and I refined it and worked right. in it in Illustrator and digitized it and, and made it look a little guy marching. <laughs> I don't know how to yeah. describe it. <laughs> it's a little bizarre, right. but... Speaking of which, do you do stickers? Have you gone down that path? So it's funny because <laughs> um, part of my personal work, so with these series, right, you know, just kind of keeping up with the times. One thing I always do is in between client work, I try as much as I can to do personal work in between. Sometimes yeah. it's for inspiration to, you know, or motivation rather to be able to keep the consistency going. So I've had over a hundred and something uh, digital pieces I've done. So now I'm sorting through them. And the exciting thing is for each uh, series, like Return of the Shaolin Pencil, Reloaded, The Village B-Boy, I have pieces that are ready for print and stickers. And then the sticker part, I've been looking into that as well. And I have some pieces that now I want to create that are mainly stickers. So the package will include a print or a poster, a postcard, and some stickers. Oh, and also wearable merch like t-shirts or hats. That's what I'm building right now in terms of personal work. Wow. You're really getting entrepreneurial there. (laughs) Yeah. You start your own clothing line if you're not careful. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Let's get that McDonald's and Dos Ringos. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was uh, an interesting week when you were working over there. There was uh, some crazy hostage situation that happened over there. And uh, well, well, it's DC, right? And going back to that day, you know, when I was helping you out, uh, there were people who would come up to me and ask me what was going on. I would explain it to them and I would show them your elevation or your rendering of the work. And they were all blown away by it. And they they were very proud to see that you were doing this for the city. And I was like, yeah, it's, it's pretty awesome. Don't, don't mess with him. They'll let him get his work done. So (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> so uh, with what, what kind of crazy things have you encountered while you were painting outside on a, on a mural that you could think of that would be rated G for a radio audience? <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> oh, man. You know, some things happen randomly. You know, I've had people, for example, when I was doing Ben's Chili Bowl, the Ben's Chili Bowl mural, because there's 16 portraits on there, and I had a very short time to execute. People would just show up and be like, oh, why is Michael Jackson not on the wall? Or hmm. really funny things going on. Like, there was a particular guy who kept demanding Michael Jackson, and to a point where he came out there with a speaker playing Michael Jackson songs. He's like, see, you know, like he should be on there. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, that's that's a good idea. We'll think about it. <laughs> so he would come by and be like, I'm still waiting for that Michael Jackson though. I'm like, oh, I gotta finish this. <laughs> oh, yeah, so yeah. I can right. get out of here. I don't want to hear the Michael Jackson. Funny because even when I was doing the Marvin Gaye mural on 7th and S, a really cool story. Sometimes I do the projection at night. I had plugged my extension cord kind of illegally on someone's porch Oops! <laughs> and pulled it all the way to the wall site Oops. and the police showed up. So I was like, oh man, maybe they noticed and they called the police. But anyway, I can just say, oh, I'm sorry and unplug it. So um, plot twist. So the police shows up. <laughs> And, you know, and he's like, oh, what's going on here? And I'm like, oh, I'm doing the mural. He's like, oh, really? And I showed him the sketch yeah. and everything. And he went to his car and turned on the light. <laughs> it's like, oh, if you need some light here. You know, I'm like, oh, no, no, I'm projecting. So <laughs> yeah, I'm under the opposite. Yeah. He kind of hung around the whole time. And I even told him, I said, oh, by the way, this cable is illegally plugged into you ah, don't worry about it you know if they complain then we'll just unplug it but go ahead and do your thing and he hung out the whole time well just that's watching cool. the whole projection and the sketching and how that works and it was interesting to him because he's never seen something like that so he was like hmm. wow always wondered how you guys put these things on the wall precisely to the size of the wall and stuff. And I was like, oh, wow, great. <laughs> well, hey, he learned something new. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he was there kind of to back up in case something else weird happened, but it sounded like yeah, nothing. <laughs> it was the most unusual because I already wrote it off like, oh, maybe those people saw me bad. That would have been my thought too. <laughs> That's why he showed up. So I was ready to go, okay, yeah, yeah, I know. I'm sorry. I'm going to unplug it. You know, even after I told him, he was like, yeah, it's fine. As long as they're not complaining, if they do, you know, because I was like, okay, yeah. Ooh. All right. Oh, I'm, yeah. I'm rolling with it. <laughs> mm -hmm. The weirdest one was during powwow, there was a hostage situation. Yeah, that was probably right around right there. Literally right there. It was like a less than a block away. Yeah. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you know, I'm seeing all these police show up and they blocked off. I'm like, here we go again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then I found out it was a hostage situation, like the most unusual thing. Yep. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That, like I you said, you're can't outside. I wrap my head around it <laughs> even afterwards. I'm like, well, hostage situation? And he's like, yeah. Guy with a knife or something like that. Yeah, it was a guy with a knife, if I recall. Yeah, I have to look that up. Yeah, I was, it was just weird. And I'm like, hey, we got a wall to paint here. Yeah, <laughs> I got to get back to work. This is weird, but I got to get back to work. <laughs> 
I mean, that's what happens. You know, like you're in the public, and it's called public art. So it's, public it's not art like I'm in the yeah. comfort of my studio where it's like, okay, I'm shielded from everything. But that, again, is what makes it interesting. You know, these situations, being out in the public, doing the work, sometimes you're alone to kind of be on all kinds of alert. <laughs> you know, well, true. Out there. So one thing I, I was going to ask you is, in your opinion, how does art affect a community? You know, I have my opinions, but I just want to know what yours were. Yeah, I, I think um, I think it's necessary. It's, uh, it beautifies the neighborhood, for one. And two, it customizes the neighborhood, mm. you know, because you create something. Because, say, if there's a mural of, say, the woman with the nunchucks, it could become a meeting spot or it's like, you know, someone is like, oh, meet me by there's the McDonald's there. Yeah. But then someone says, meet me by the mural over there. The by that McDonald's. And someone right. would go, oh, what? And then they discover, oh, there's a McDonald's there or vice versa. Someone might say, That's meet true. me at the McDonald's. And then it's like, oh, there's a mural here. And it looks you know awesome. I mean? Yeah. The thing is. It adds beauty. It adds that you know a little bit of diversity in terms of the structure of the area. Yeah. You know, so you see a building here, and you see this here, and that here, and this structure, and then there's art because usually, you know, the average person, you know, unless it's a thing, a personal thing of interest, the average person is not suiting up to go to a gallery <laughs> yeah. opening or a museum. Yeah. You know. We've heard of these things called museums, but, you know, most people barely go there. So with this public art, like you're kind of bringing the museum and the gallery to the people. I like so they that. get to walk around their neighborhood and see different artwork growing up, you know. And, and like you said, it helps identify a neighborhood, too, and give it, right. you know, a, a gravitas that it may need. You yeah, know. absolutely. Imagine, you know, seeing something really cool on a wall. Uh, right across from where you live or on the building that you live uh, in. And it gives you a sense of pride. Like, wow, yeah, this thing that people are coming all over to take photos of is on my building. You know what I mean? Right. Or across from me. And it's also something where if you have friends in town or something like that, and you go, hey, I got some cool stuff to show you, you know, check out this mural over here. And then people have personal stories. Like sometimes they might say something like, oh, I met the artist while they were working on it or something like that. You right. know, or I saw the whole time when it was the process of it being made. Human beings, um, we, we have a need for attachment and a need for authenticity, things we connect with people for, and that's why we form tribes and, you know, we have uh, cliques, crews, and squads and things like that. So you might not necessarily be an artist, but you might have, you know, you might appreciate art and something that you can... Be, you can kind of be in the conversation or revolving around art and creativity or, you know, any of those things. You know, so people feel a sense of belonging when these things go up in their neighborhood. Like right. they feel like they're a part of, you right. know, and it's something that they feel like is representative of who they are. You know. Like you said, they can relate to it and they can understand it. You know, because if you were to send them into a museum, museums basically look at art as a, a timeline. You know, and when you look at work that's public artwork, especially murals, it's more or less here and now. And those kind of get dated, but people can understand that because, like you said, if they see them in their neighborhood every day, they can understand to it, relate to it, come to have new meanings to it. 
And that's like what a lot of people in gallerist and museum people always kind of complain about that people don't stop and look at artwork for a long time. They just look at it for 10 seconds and move on. But right. that's the advantage of having public work is that it's out there at the, to the people and they can take as long as they need to and want to. Right. So, right. And they can come back. It's free to come back and check it out. It's, you know, yeah. maybe there's some things you missed. You know, you can go back at your free will. Yeah. Like you said, just go see it. Well, even time of day, you know, you think about it that right. like sometimes you see it in the morning, but one day you catch it in a different light in the evening or like, to, like it's a rainy day, you know, and it looks, the colors are more vibrant during the uh, cloudy day. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. The options are um, infinite when it comes to that. Whereas, again, in a closed space, you have to set up an appointment. You have to go there. You know, if you miss out on that time frame, then that means you have to reschedule. So with this other one here, where it's like you can just walk up and see it anytime you feel like how, how do you go about picking your subjects then? I mean, I know we talked about your series that you've been working on. Is it something that you think ahead of time and work it out on paper? Or is it something that just just comes out of nowhere and you just have to do it? Oh, I wish it came out of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you got a point there. <laughs> that, was, that would make my job easy. Um, it's, it's such a long process. Personally, from experience, I feel like creativity is like a gift and a curse. Yeah. Um, because there are ideas you want to implement. And again, a lot of murals are commissioned, you know, like um, a Powwow of DC and others like that are not as strict when it comes to subject matter, as long as it doesn't include, you know, anything violent or right. political or, you know, any, any of those other things that might cause conflict to say that there's no room for that anywhere in public art but the thing is you know you have to consider the public part first before anything so a lot of these ideas are sometimes if i'm commissioned to do something so usually the client might come with an idea and then my job is to then take the idea and like destroy it completely <laughs> to in order to rebuild right expand yeah Okay, so, okay, this is a good analogy. So it's like people, you know, when someone makes, um, say you want to make a smoothie at home or whatever. So you have your berries and those are raw berries, you know, and you have your different ingredients yeah. that put in the blender and then you blend them all together to make one drink. So that's usually the process in a way. That's how it is. So the client brings the raw stuff and then I blend them and represent them in a still more palatable way that the client had in mind. Okay, so I'll have an idea like, let me just focus on um, Powwow DC for now the image that I created. So I had already had that idea in mind and I started working on it already. The process is I was watching Into the Dragon uh, with Bruce Lee. Yes. And that's one of my favorite movies. The the whole, you know, Bruce Lee, you know, who wasn't a fan of Bruce Lee? <laughs> <You> know, it was <laughs> yeah. just that whole Bruce Lee vibe, you know, it was just amazing to me as a teenager. I, I still don't know what it is. Well, speaking you of know, Hero's Journey, you know, that's a good example. Yeah. So I thought of, uh, I always loved the Bruce, the poster, right? Um, you know, of Enter the Dragon. So that was the base inspiration. Hmm. So what I did was I started doing thumbnails of a rendition of someone holding up nunchucks. 
uh, I, I usually shoot the references after I sketch the thumbnails. I'll pick one that I like, okay. and then I'll shoot a reference of the the sketch. Yeah, and and then after that, I'll draw the reference photo that I took. From there, I recreate the piece. So by the time it goes to the wall, I'm very familiar with all aspects of the piece. Like even on the night that uh, I was projecting the sketch of that mural onto the wall, there was a lot of lights, you know, hitting the wall. So yeah. it was very hard to read the sketch. But with that little information, I was still able to sketch it out onto the wall based on how much time I've spent doing building the the whole concept. By the time that you had to draw it, like you said, you knew every aspect of it. Yeah. And so it wouldn't matter. You could yeah. have been blindfolded <laughs> in projecting it and still <laughs> <No>. drawn it. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so yeah, so that's how basically it works. Sometimes like there are some things where it's like, okay, so I have to come up with ideas from scratch and then there's some things where there's some commissions that are like, hey, you know, I have this concept of mine that it's in my, you know, Rolodex and the client might say, oh, yeah, we like that idea. Or sometimes, you know, the theme might be like, oh, anything you want to do. And then I'll go, you know, crazy with that. But the thing is, when I have those opportunities to do what I want to do, these are perfect moments to, I guess, implement uh, some of the stuff from my series. Right. Yeah. Continuing your storytelling through through those pieces. Yeah. Yeah. So, hmm, we've pretty much gone through all my questions, except for <laughs> one of my favorite questions of all times. Uh, this is one of my favorites because uh, everyone has a different answer. Mm. And at the same time, they don't. <laughs> <laughs> Not to confuse you, but here we go. Uh, drum roll, please, though. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what advice would you give your past self and the other artist? So the advice I would give my past self, uh, hmm, that would be to understand um, emotional regulation. Hmm. Because that's something I've learned as an adult, and I'm basically re-raising my younger self. The way I talk in my head now is different from before. So say, for instance, like certain language, like if I make a mistake, I'm not, you know, I'm not a moron. You know, I'm not dumb right. for making a mistake. Um, I see mistakes now as learning curves, like, oh, what did you learn from that mistake? Whereas the way I was raised, whether culturally or otherwise, was that if you make a mistake, that means you're not good. And the thing is that you're not good message turns into, it's not like you're not good at this. It turns into you're not good, period. Mm, so yeah. you kind of walk around with this extremely self-loathing or self-destructive mentality you know so that's one thing i would advise my young self is like you know understand really how you feel about things um embrace them you know yeah um, you know, whether it's rejection whether it's disappointment um whether you're anxious or afraid fear you know things like that you know like um these are just emotions 
and they're like um, your personal GPS, and mm. they're trying to warn you about uh, danger ahead. Right. You know, things like that. Now, in terms of advice for artists, is the rule number one is build your skill set first, because if you're good at something, it's inevitable that you will be looked you know, like you, people will check for you. Right. They'll, they'll find you, you know, yeah. based on the merit of what you're doing, because you are reaching people, you know, if your work is great, that first, you can then implement other things like how you market yourself and whatnot. But the main thing is, you know, build the skill set. And in order for you to build a skill set, really be honest with yourself in terms of the what how and why Mm. you're doing art because if you don't like we both talked about doodling and you know you get all excited you're like right yeah yeah i'm actually (laughs) you know looking forward to there are people who are not excited about doodling they're not excited about drawing or sketching or those down moments yeah so you know and it's not a bad thing like if you don't feel the same way maybe this ain't for you or maybe it's not something you should want to aspire to do professionally because what it's going to do is you're actually going to trigger that bad talk in your head right. to make you feel like you're not worthy because every time you turn around, here's someone else being praised for what they're doing. You know what I mean? So oh, yeah. building a skill set actually builds your confidence in what you're doing already true i always think of it as building your toolbox it's another way of saying it yeah right and so you know because when i when i first started out it was my love for illustration like being a kid and seeing comic book covers oh you know it's like a spider-man cover or incredible hulk or something like that and it was all I thought about. It was all I can dream of. And, you know, just looking at it over and over and over. And then you're trying to uh, replicate it, yeah. you know, by drawing it. And then this drawing becomes you impressing your friends. Like, oh, look right. at what I did. Right. And you get that validation. Later on, it becomes like you start questioning. Uh, like, what if I created my own characters and stuff like that? So the consistency of drawing you know, has always been there. And so the skill set naturally builds as you consistently do it, you know, over time. So, uh, you know, um, I think there's a high chance now, especially now, there's a high chance of people building their skill sets because their videos, there's, you know, their different websites, they're different. Even some artists have their own um, mentorships and tutorials. Yeah. It's a... It's, you know, and especially if you're young, you know, like you have a lot of time on your hands to just study, you know, and learn and perfect your craft, you know, and it's not like, you know, perfection, like, you know, you, you're not trying to be Rembrandt or anything like that. It's just, why would you want to be, you you know, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, But you know, the thing is you, you want to build your skill set enough to where you are confident enough to take on, excuse me, different jobs, like any job um, pertaining to what you do. And this was, you know, this, this is what I've noticed has helped me or even other artists that I know, because there are some artists that I know who are very, you know, they have a very solid skill set, 
And then I'll find out later, like, oh, these artists are taking classes, you know, like right. studio drawing and stuff like that. And I'm yeah. like, oh, really? You know, and they're like, yeah. And it's not because they feel like they're not there yet. It's just that this is part of the game. It's like um, workouts. Yeah. You know, little workouts and you warm up, you know, and things like that. So these artists love what they do to a point where they don't mind going back to school for it, you know, or they don't mind learning from, from it, you know, I would so it's not really about fame or followership or anything like that. It's just their love for the craft. Yeah. And that's what ultimately makes them puts them in the positions they are in. That's true. Yeah. Cause the opportunity will find you. Yeah. So yeah, that would, that's how I would sum it, you know, so advice for younger self, learn to be emotionally regulated. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, check yourself that will help you, you in the future. And right. Advice to, you know, in terms of the art is like, you know, build um, a great skill set through what you love doing already. You know, that is some drawing and the painting. That is some solid advice. I could not agree more with you on that. You know, keep learning. Build your toolbox, or as you said, keep your you know your skill set. Learn all that, and then yeah. after all that stuff is done, then you can just simply you can start finding opportunities, and opportunities will find you. I yeah, can, absolutely, it's inevitable. Like there's no way someone is good at something and not being noticed. Yeah, that is true. That is true. I mean, because uh, yeah, I don't know how else I can follow up with that. Because you're right. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and and again, it's from experience, you know, because I remember when my when I was going up to New York to shop my portfolio, I got a lot of rejections. Like people, you know, at some point, I think one magazine, they actually told me, like, we know of you. But the problem is that your work sucks. It's not printable, you know. Oh, you're, that would you're be not, deflating. Oh. You don't have, you know, but they, they did do me a favor and they showed me samples of other artists' work that were deemed printable. And I, it didn't shut me down. It just made me go, oh, wow. So you that's know, what you're looking for. Okay. Discovering a new level within right. that industry. Like, oh, okay. Wow. So this is what I have to study. So I came back and I was excited. Yeah. So I would study and I was working security at the time. So I would just be at my post studying this stuff, you know? Oh, that's right. In in your TEDx uh, piece, you do talk about your time as being a security guard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I've, I've, I've worked, again, you know, that's why I, I strongly believe in consistency and bringing, you know, building a skill set because I worked security, I worked at Burger King, I worked at CVS, worked at Hex, um, <laughs> when there used to be at, hex, uh, yeah, or construction. Oh, geez. Uh, I, yeah, I, I I worked for a moving company. So all these jobs, right? Were I was still doing them, and not once did I stop drawing or painting. Right. Yeah, because you had your goal in mind. You were focused. Yeah. And the funny thing is, around that time, if you ask me, I'll be like, oh yeah, you know, I'm a, I'm not. I didn't fully proclaim artist i would just tell you like oh i i draw you know i do some illustrations or i like drawing or painting you know and i would only identify as artist if say i was at a show right and my piece is right there on the wall so 
are you the artist? Of course I am. You know what I mean? <laughs> right, but right, if right. I'm not, if I'm wearing a security uniform, I would not, you know, I'm not going to claim artist in that moment. It's not like I don't, you know, it's not like I'm devaluing myself, but it was just a way for me to maintain focus. Right. So that way I'm not shooting for an abstract idea like, Ooh, I'm an artist. Look at me. You know, no, yeah. it's like, um, there's a goal. I'm, I have a goal state that I'm headed towards, but I have to also accept the reality of now, right now I'm a security guard, but it's not the end of where or who I am. So this is what I have to do now. Yeah. It's just along and, the path. It was just a part of the yeah. path you had to take. And that's what that, what, how, and why comes in. It's like, okay, what do you want to be? I want to be an artist. I want to be an illustrator. Okay. Yeah, okay. <laughs> how are you going to go about doing that? Well, right. I'm going to create stuff and I'm going to take it to the magazines that I have interest in and see, you know, why are you trying to do yeah. this? Because this is what I love yeah, doing. I, yeah, the passion. You it know, brings you joy, yeah. love. So when you answer those, you know, in each of those questions, you know, if this is something I love doing, if that's the why, then that puts me in discipline mode when I have a spare time. Right. Like, what would you rather be doing in this spare time? I'd rather be drawing. Yeah. I'd rather, ooh, I have an idea of something. There's this concept that I wanted to create let me sketch it out now while well, maybe it's fresh in your someone mind. else might prefer right i'm gonna go party you know or <laughs> yeah. something like that which well, there's nothing wrong with you no, know you do but you but, know have to have time to do that stuff as well but as long as you keep your core how what how and why values as long as those are pristine then you know you can incorporate any other thing around those these conversations are very interesting because, you know, again, in the time that we live in, because I've had people contact me and they'll say, oh, I want to do murals. And I say, okay, oh, cool. So have you done it before? And they're like, no, you know, and then, you know, they, they actually don't draw or paint as much to have that kind of interest. Yeah. So it would be wrong for me to go, oh, yeah, go ahead and do it, you know, because I'll just be digging a hole for them to fall. Yeah, well, that's valid. You know? That's actually valid. Yeah, because yeah. it's... So it has to be, I have to start with those, like, oh, um, how are you going to go about doing it? You know, what it is, what is it you're going to do, and how are you going to go about doing it, and why do you want to do it? And a lot of times, most most people that contact me like that are basically, <laughs> it's, it's a need to have... There's a need to be seen and heard, mm. but it's very vague. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yes, I do. Yeah. And, and so it's like, why do you want to do murals? And it's like, oh, because I want to express myself on a wall. And it's like, you can, there are a lot of walls you can express yeah, yourself on. You don't yeah. need my permission. Exactly. You know? Just do it. But um, Yeah. But the thing is, you know, if everybody did that, <laughs> you know, it wouldn't be what it is right now. You no. know what I mean? Yeah. So they yeah. have to have some people who are passionately, you know, who not only are doing it because they love it, but they're also considering that public that they're doing it for. Mm, yes. You know? Yes. Like, you know, I'm not going to just paint something that I like on someone's in someone's neighborhood. Right. Where they have to wake up and see it every day yeah. on this wall. Meanwhile, I'm the mural guy. You know what I mean? <laughs> right, right. 
like I have to dig in and feel the vibe of that neighborhood and, and understand like if I lived here, this is what I would want to see every day. And, and, you know, so that way it, it, that energy resonates into the piece and into the people, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I, I just, uh, I would say stay tuned, you know, I want people to stay tuned for, I'm, I'm really, really excited about the, um, the package, you know, the, the print, T-shirt, sticker, you know, that that new venture for me, at least, is new for me. Uh, I'm really excited about it because the concepts and the pieces, these are things I would buy from other artists. And I do buy prints from other artists and um, T-shirts and stickers from other artists. So the the fact that I'm excited about people having this stuff like that's why it's it's i think it's a good thing it yeah. means it's gonna it's gonna be really great and i i can't wait to finally put those out and you know i'll i'll keep people updated on well, the instagram yeah i was gonna say uh let people know that to go to instagram to check that out when when you make your grand release of stickers and and your uh socks and your t-shirts <laughs> that's <laughs> Everything. I'm, I'm gonna come up with microwaveable food. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, why and not? McDonald's is really gonna hate me. No, yeah, but like you too. I like, yeah. <laughs> I came up with a neocon fries. Um, <laughs> the McNeocon sandwich. McNeocon <laughs> sandwich. Oh, I would actually be the second person in line to eat that. Not the first, but the second. <laughs> <laughs> the main ingredient is love. Is love. <laughs> I, I, yep, I'll definitely be the second person. <laughs> and and the little things that um you know the little uh, containers that they put the sauce in or whatever <laughs> is actually hearts. They make you know they have the heart shape. It's a heart shaped container you know, with uh, yeah. ketchup and the special sauce. <laughs> yeah, you have the. <laughs> I'm a little leery of that special sauce. <laughs> The special love sauce. The special love sauce. <laughs> Oof. <clears throat> oh, oh, yeah. All right. Well, uh, is there any questions that I should have asked you but I didn't that you can think of? Uh, I have a question. Where is my helicopter? Oh, well, I demanded a helicopter yeah. when I was painting the mural. Yeah, I, I know. You never got I, one. I, a couple flew over. <laughs> but uh, I don't know if those were intended for me or they were just well, randomly flying over. I think they were just randomly flying over. Uh, <laughs> but it does okay, seem so like there's a breach of contract, so you need to talk to, to Kelly. So a, definitely a breach of contract there because, you know, you wouldn't have done it unless you didn't have that helicopter. <laughs> I was, that was in the writer. It was, was, <laughs> it, was, it was in your writer. See, they you shouldn't have done the gig because they didn't read the writer. <laughs> <laughs> I want my helicopter. I just want it just sitting there. <laughs> no, but um, yeah, every everything is fun. You know, I think um, th yeah, this was definitely a great uh, interview, and I, well, I thank you. Really appreciate this, and you know, I I applaud you know what you guys are doing. You know, because um, uh, this this kind of expands the 
viewer or the public's knowledge on not just the artist but the art um in general yeah and that is the whole point of why i do this because you know i i've known so many great artists and so great many creatives and a lot of people just don't know who they are and it's like i i go out there and try to find them i mean mm. you know you're, you're maybe the first person i i can't say for sure the first person but i definitely would say that i don't have a wikipedia page but you do <laughs> so i don't blame you for demanding a helicopter <laughs> really i don't well the next time it'll just be a private jet you know, <laughs> nothing too fancy just a private just, jet just yeah nothing fancy just a private jet a lot. <laughs> <laughs> you know with my name on the side of course you of know course. just just that and it's just again you don't have to go in it it's not gonna you know it's just sitting there <laughs> so people when you see that you know oh, a neocon must be painting somewhere around up oh, there he is yeah yep <laughs> 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 you're bad you're bad <laughs> I know <laughs> oh my goodness <laughs> and then we're gonna start a trend in, like you, people having props yes. unnecessary props on their mural sites <laughs> you probably will start that trend yeah and it'll show up in your Wikipedia page too <laughs> yeah it'll show it'll definitely show up <laughs> Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, I'm going to uh, thank you again, sir, for doing this. I appreciate it. I, I hope you had fun doing this. I did. And Absolutely. I, I, it's always fun. <laughs> it's always fun. Thank you. I want to say thank you to Ania Khan for taking the time to do the interview. If you want to learn more and see his work, Head on over to Instagram at Aneocon Reloaded and on Twitter under the same name at Aneocon Reloaded. You can check out Artbox DNV on Instagram at Artbox DNV. And to hear past episodes of Artbox, head on over to Artbox's website at ArtboxDNV.com. Until next time, thank you for listening.